0: Hi, this is Jeff Davis. I spent many years just down the road playing rock and roll along the lakefront in Chicago at WLS Music Radio. This year's a banner year for Radio Centennials. That's why I'm happy to wish my brothers and sisters in radio a heartfelt 100th anniversary at 1440 WROK in Rockford, Illinois. Sometimes people just need a really good reason to get back together and enjoy each other. This is one of those occasions. Getting behind the microphone again and sharing those seldom told tales is a special feeling these folks didn't want to pass up. The studio is filled with decades of photos, bumper stickers, buttons, albums, t-shirts, jackets, original signs, and well-deserved industry awards. Here's to WROK's 100 years of broadcasting in Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin. And now, more radio stories between old friends on another episode of the Storyteller Studio.
1: It's a storyteller studio today, only we've moved it. We're not in Rockford. We are way up high in the clouds, literally, at the WGN studios. I'm Liz Wilder.
2: And I'm Tim Larson. And today we're with Lisa Dent.
1: But Yeah.
2: Lisa Dent was on the WZOK side, and she has popped around, which we will talk about. Mm-hmm. And she has landed very nicely in Afternoon Drive on WGN in Chicago as of January 2022. Yeah, boy, you've paid attention. I listen to WGN a lot. (laughs) Me too. I I told him, I said,
3: I'm a student of this radio station. I can go back to the days when Tory Ryder was doing overnights, and I was doing 7 to midnight in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. And I would drive back to Rockford, and I would listen from midnight to like 3 in the morning, and I've listened to this station every chance I've had since then.
1: So when did you start, Lisa? When did your
3: career start, and where? Well, it started in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. Okay. I knew I wanted to get home to ROK and ZOK. And I remember when I left school, somebody said, don't stay at that first job more than a year, but you start to like people. Yeah. And yeah. In, in, But I, I stayed true to that piece of advice. And I remember going to interview at ZOK in 82, and I was on crutches because, ironically, a fly bit me, and my <laughs> leg swelled up the size of an elephant. And I remember... <laughs> Walking in, thinking, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get this job. You I know, brother, But
2: I see you as a pretty tough person. I mean, right now you live on a farm. Right. And you walk in and you go, a fly bit me. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Allergies. I'm severely oh. allergic to bugs. Oh. Uh, but I didn't share that. I just said, oh, yeah, just hurting a little bit or something. <laughs> Fell off a horse. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. So then from Rockford, where did you go? From Rockford. And you were I, there how long? I was there from 82 to 87. And then 87 was a big year change, so I left, and I went to Z-104 in Madison, and I was just part-time, and I worked that summer, and then I got offered a job at Q-106 in San Diego oh. as an off-air music director.
1: Oh. Off-air?
2: Off-air. How did you handle
1: that? I hated it. Yes, that
3: was <laughs> yeah.
2: weird, but yet the weather in San Diego was sort of not hard to swallow.
3: Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, um, It was a launch He later would tell me that, yeah, I hired all young people, and then I burn you out, and then I push you out in a year. So Lenny had given up. I was married to Lenny at the time. He had given up his business. He was a general contractor. We go to San Diego, and a year later – I'm out. And oh. and mostly because my talent is not in programming music. My no. talent is being on the on air. air. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of lost, you know, I really didn't have the the skill to do that job. Had you jumped over into country when you went to San Diego? No, it was a top 40 launch. Okay. And it was an incredible radio station and I worked with the most talented people and I was the youngest and I loved every minute of it. So when he bounced me, um, we had been listening to KSON in San Diego, and oh. that's the station I loved. So I went over there, and he said, "Well, you know, if you want to jump on part time, we think we're putting together a new morning show this fall. I can almost guarantee you'll you'll be a part of this morning show." And that's what happened. Oh, sweet. So um, soon enough, I was doing a morning show with Jack Diamond, who is an icon in this industry. He is still on the air in Washington D.C., where he has been since he left San Diego. And so I did mornings and eventually inherited that morning show, and I think became the first female morning show host in San Diego. Got into a dispute over money uh, because they wanted to pay me like a quarter of what they were paying Jack, and I had had (laughs) eight number one books, 25 to 54. Whoa. Now Now, you know what I
2: took out of that sentence? They're not paying me jack. They're paying me a quarter. That's what I got out of that whole
1: sentence. <laughs> Little dyslexic over I, here, I, yeah. I, I,
0: Audio wow. dyslexic. Num- I gotta
1: go back. Eight number one books. Twenty five yeah. fifty four. That is phenomenal. So I was making
3: more in bonuses than I was in salary. And I was like, come on, we just have to convert this. I'm doing the same job every day. So I hired Saul Foos, a big agent here in Chicago, who I think has done prison time since then, (laughs) um, which is a story in itself. And uh, yeah, he got me right out of that job quick. And ironically, I had been interviewing at uh, the country station in L.A., Oh. And so I thought, all right, well, that's fine. You know, this isn't going anywhere. They said negotiations are over. So I called up the guy in L.A. and I said, hey, I'm, I'm ready. I want to do that. And they're like, oh, he's not here. He got fired today.
2: <gasps> I was like, what? Oh, no. Timing what? is everything. What? Oh, are you kidding no. me?
3: What do you mean? I was almost guaranteed a gig here, you
2: know? <laughs> almost guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Welcome to radio. Yeah. Holy cow.
3: So they said, well, you know, why don't you come up to the show tonight? Trisha Yearwood is playing the Roxy in L.A., and you can meet the new people. And so I went up, and I sat at a table by myself because there was already a gentleman seated there. And I'm just stressing, like, this This just isn't going to happen.
2: Did you, you know? not even want to be there?
3: I didn't want to be there until the gentleman seated next to me went on stage to sing with Trisha, and it was Don Henley.
1: Get and the I was heck like, out, what? out of here. What? It was
3: so dark, I didn't notice they would seated me next to Don Henley. I was, and you had no idea. No that was one of my best moments ever oh, that's, that's like me in my al
1: Jardine moment. Oh, yeah that
3: is hilarious. wow hey yeah. can
2: we back up just a little bit when you talk about how crazy this industry is and the ties with wrok and wzok you know who i still listen to through my iHeartRadio app in san diego is mark larson on kfmb
3: Oh, my gosh. Is he still on KFMB? He
2: he is from 10 until noon. And then he does TV stuff because, you know, he knows everything about everything when it comes to political, you know, talking heads and stuff like that. And the other one, and I don't know how far back you go, because your time at ZOK was about my time at ROK. Mm -hmm. Don Geronimo was in 1977, 78. You remember him?
3: I remember listening to him.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Mm He went on to Sacramento, so on and so forth. When you mentioned that guy was a Jack Diamond mm-hmm. that was in Washington, D.C., just not so recently ago, maybe six months ago, Don Geronimo moved from Sacramento back to D.C. and is now working for Big 100. After all these years, these people just, they meld back together again. It's mm-hmm. a bowl of spaghetti. It, it really is. It is. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And thank goodness we've got some Facebook survivor pages that helps us keep track of all yes. that.
3: Absolutely. It's the only way to stay in contact with people, to find out where people are. I would have had no idea that Mark Larson was still on the air. That's spectacular. Yeah.
2: I'll tell you, the Storyteller Studio is the cheapest, lamest excuse possible (laughs) to get back with people that we've known forever, but we haven't seen forever. I can't think of the last time I saw you. It's been a long time. 87, maybe, Mm -hmm. something like that. Probably. But yet we've talked and you know shared pictures and, hey, what's your son doing and stuff like that, but not physically getting together with people, and it's been fantastic. If we stop today, and the people that we've done on Storytellers has been fantastic.
3: I've loved every minute of it. Yeah, it's, well, we're not you. finished.
1: We're going to continue yeah. with you. So yeah. we, you got to go on now after your Don Henley
3: <laughs> whoa yeah. moment. So um, I got a job offer in Minneapolis. They were launching a new country station, and it was called Bob 100 FM. It was the first of the Bob stations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they said, when can you be here? And I'm like, all right, I'm on my way. And so I went. They offered me a five-year contract. I was excited. I was put together an environment with a great morning show. Mike Miller was the lead. I was the co-host. And the night before we launched the radio station, the GM and PD said, why don't you come in? We're launching a million dollars in advertising tomorrow morning to support the radio station. Now, this would have been like 90... 93 maybe
2: this is a brand new station or a brand new format or both all oh everything all Whoa. of the what above what were the call letters
3: uh bob fm yeah wbob B- oh, i okay. think it was the original okay. bob oh wow um i went in that sunday night we are launching the morning show on monday and the jingles said marky marquette in the morning wait who's who's marky marquette <laughs> and they're like well you and i go oh no that can't work i'm lisa uh-uh. dent yeah Well, I'm sorry, but, you know, we're giving everybody names, you know, like Elmo Lake and, you know. (laughs) Goofy names. Yeah, yeah. And it was all part of the gimmick. And I go, I can't do that. Uh Uh-uh. And they said, well, we're launching tomorrow. All the advertising is bought, and that's kind of who you are. And they tell you the day before. Oh, -hmm. Lisa, what did you do? I said, well, I'm not going to be here five years. I go, I've got an out in a year, and in a year I'm out. And they're like, no, you'll love it. And they were lovely people. What a what a <gasps> yeah. way to start a job. Marky Marquette. Yeah. Marky Marquette. Oh, yeah. that makes it all oh. better. Yeah, yeah. And it was M&Ms in the morning. Oh. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> no. So sticky. corny. Sticky, really sticky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> I remember... Um, Garth was doing those big long runs of like seven shows and we were taking listeners backstage and the program director said, Garth, this is Marky Marquette. And he looks at me, he goes, looks a whole lot like Lisa Dent to me. And <gasps> he knew you. Yeah. Yeah. No. I was there like for his first shows in 89, you know, on his bus. And so we, we had a bit of a relationship as much as you can have with an artist, right, but right, right. yeah, he had been interviewed and in, in the studio several times and and all of those 30 people looked at me and went, your name, is it Marky? And I said, no, it's not. And then I had my brother on the air who you know one day. Grand and Aunt. he called me Lisa. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is, it feels so fake.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. So awkward. hmm
3: Wow. And so when I had that out... I was already working toward my next job, which is not legal, as I find out. Right, um, right. And I, but I told them, I said, I've got this out, and I'm going to get out. And they didn't believe it, and I packed up a 65-acre farm and took a job in Seattle. And the day I was to launch in Seattle, I left there on Friday. I was supposed to launch in Seattle, on Monday they filed a cease and desist. and Oh,
1: no. It. We
3: wow. have first right of refusal, and so they filed a quarter-million-dollar lawsuit Oh, and Lisa. you know i'm like i'm coming back and fight i'm not going to stand for this and my lawyer's like no you just go to work you know we'll manage this they'll settle out of court it won't be that much money let it go and i was young and it was principal and yes. he's like no no there's no principle yeah.
2: <laughs> you know and, and granted you wanted to leave that behind i did yeah
3: yeah Wow. So, um, so did
2: you were, did, wow. did you have to find a new morning
3: partner? Uh, no, I went to launch as my own show in in Seattle. They were launching gotcha. um, third country station. Maybe it was a second country station okay. back then, and it was a young country station. And that was a brand that they had launched through uh, Alliance Broadcasting. And their idea was to go into markets with heritage country stations and disrupt the market and do everything. opposite opposite, yeah
2: yeah the whole george costanza is our program director philosophy (laughs) uh the program
3: director was 21 years old and he got his job after coming out of oklahoma and being dressed as an armadillo down there as their mascot
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know you just can't make this Uh -uh. up
3: he went on to be the president of cbs the president of oprah television what for 15 years and just left Um, I've worked for him twice in my career. His name is Eric Logan, and he left to um, take over the World Surfing League or something because at some point he learned how to surf in California and left Oprah's OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network, to go um, cover surfing. Wow.
1: Yeah. He has the option. He can do it. No problem. I, You know, I still
2: can't get used to you because I listened to you for just maybe a minute when you were on US 99 when you came back with you wearing the country hat right because it was always Ario Speedwagon and Kansas and Mm -hmm. the Doobie Brothers with how I knew you but then country and then you're this what's the CMA thing
1: see and I only knew her as country oh are you serious yes because I did not know you Lisa I didn't really meet you until unfortunately Denise's death right um That's Greg, her brother's... Well, it's your your sister-in-law. Sister-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. I followed you. Um, I followed you and I followed Kathy Hart, the two of you. Yes. Uh, And Greg was saying, ah, you remind me of my sister Lisa. I'm like, who's Lisa? (laughs) Lisa who? (laughs) You know, Lisa Dent. She's on such and such. I'm like, okay, okay. And then I'd see you in radio and records and all of our industry magazines and what's going on. I'm like, oh. Oh, wow. And then I was following you. Yeah. Well, okay, I know who she is. I got her. My so brother adores you. you. Well, I adore him. And
3: he was my biggest cheerleader and always has been. And I'm like, He's wonderful. Greg, you got to back it down. You can't just keep going on and telling people <laughs> stuff that they don't want to hear.
2: <laughs> is he still doing flooring?
3: <laughs> he is not. He's he got no. married. He's living in Morrison, Illinois oh. and enjoying retirement. Wow, yep. good for him. Because yep. he did that a long time. Good he for did. him. He really wow.
2: did. So what happened after Seattle?
3: So, uh, in Seattle, um, the Heritage Country Station decided that they would buy us because we were so annoying. (laughs) 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 Wow. Like, they had a loyalty program where all their listeners had a little loyalty card, and we would collect them at events, and we papered the whole studio with their loyalty cards. (laughs) I mean... I would do things like, hey, if you want Garth Brooks tickets, bring a horse up to the studio. And an hour later, somebody would have a horse on the 18th floor of the studio. I mean, Oh, my
1: God. We just oh.
3: disrupted everything. We did oh. the craziest stuff ever. And so when they came in and bought us, I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. <laughs> no. So I reached out to the people who launched that Young Country brand, and they said, we're launching a Young Country brand in Houston. And I said, oh, I'll never go to Texas. No, I won't. I won't do it. I won't do it. Why? Um, I don't know. I had a preconceived notion <laughs> that Texas wasn't anywhere that would welcome me or where I would want to be.
2: I know, but Houston's a fourth largest market. Yeah. I mean- wow that would be really hard to turn down
3: well they flew me down there i spent a weekend down there and i fell in love with it oh. yeah okay actually picked out a house before i left really <laughs> uh-huh and came back and said um hey we need to talk and I uh, got myself out of there and headed to Houston and launched another young country station again just to disrupt the market. Wow. And,
2: and did Good. you have a partner there? I brought my producer from Seattle
3: as my co-host. Oh, my. Yeah. Lil, and that was who? Lil Joe. Uh, Joe Pospisful. It's so funny because when we got there, we, we did a big, you know, four-day event designing the radio station in Galveston with Rick Torcasso who hired me in Seattle and then brought me to Houston. He's one of the most brilliant radio people I've ever met. And uh, Lil Joe looked at the golf and he goes, why is the water brown? Because <gasps> this is a kid who was only raised in Seattle. Yeah. I go, well, that's what the water looks like.
1: It's the golf. yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, so we had a good run there. So we so really he says, did. He says, that
2: ain't right. Yeah. That's not
3: right. So when did you get the CMA award? I I think I got the CMA and the ACM awards working at US 99 in Chicago. Okay. So in 98, I was diagnosed with cancer um, and nothing boosts your ratings on the radio than people thinking you're going to die because wow. then they tune in every day. And so I'd done a lot of charity work with a TV anchor there who did pass away oh, before one of our big events. Oh and, my. and so I happened to be there. In the best city for cancer care, which is MD Houston. Anderson, mm-hmm. is the best cancer hospital. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: They're amazing. They're amazing. They are amazing. And when you go downtown Houston, you can spin 360 degrees, and every building you see is Shriners Hospitals mm-hmm. and St. Jude's. It's, it's an amazing place. So it doesn't matter what ails you. Right. <laughs> somebody down there will be able to fix you. Yeah. yeah and They and are amazing.
3: It was found, my cancer was found by a fertility specialist, and that morning she called... Lenny, who I was married to at the time, mm-hmm. and he called the station. He called the hotline, and he said, hey, I want you to come home after work. I go, well, I always come home <laughs> yeah, after work. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? I need you to come right home after work. And I said, did wow. my doctor call? And he said, yeah. And I said, is she telling you that I can't have kids? And he goes, she's telling me that you have cancer. Oh, I'm like, what? what's
1: the breath right
3: out of you. Yeah. And then I had another hour of the show left to do, and I'm like, Oh, (laughs) no. Yeah. So that was a memorable morning. Um, But nonetheless, I call it cancer light. You know, it was uh, just required radical surgery. And and other than that, you know, I didn't have to do chemo or radiation. So I feel very blessed. But it did take my fertility. A couple of years later, I cut the umbilical cord on my son, Liam. (laughs)
1: Oh.
2: Yeah, which I think he's like 23, 24
3: he's, he's, he's he'll, just be the, tw- he'll,
1: he'll be just 21 so in September. Yeah. He is just one of the handsomest kids. He's just, <laughs> I just think he's adorable.
2: Yeah, there's always stories tied with yeah. Liam.
1: Yeah, 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 wow. yeah. I've always talked about Liam on
3: the air. So I had a feeling they were making changes at that station. And so they had fired the afternoon show and they had fired the midday show. Oh. And they had no adoption policy, meaning I could only take vacation days starting the day he was born. And so I went in and I talked to Darren Davis, who has just been a superstar in this industry as well. And I said, look, if you're going to make a change on the morning show, you're going to blow up the station. Can we, I mean, just be straight with me. I, I just want to go be a mom, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so he said, I'll, I'll talk to you on Monday. And when I went in on Monday, he had a sheet and it was an offer. And they said, um, if you go on the air and you're good with your clients, because I was making an enormous amount of money in endorsements, and you just say that you're, you're going off to be a mom... We'll pay you for a year, and we'll take care of all of your insurance for a year. Oh, sweet, Lisa. The best deal I've ever gotten ever, in my life. <laughs> ever.
2: Win-win for everybody. Oh, yeah. sweet. Wow. So,
3: yeah, I was there to cut the umbilical cord, and I had a year off. And wow. the check was in the bank every two weeks. They bought out my contract. Wow. Which and your crazy.
1: clients were happy. Yeah. The radio station was happy. Oh, yeah. sweet.
3: That never happens. Yeah. And <laughs> never. They, they did change format. They did eventually change format, so... I wanted to come home because my goal had always been to get back to Chicago. That's why I'd hired Saul Foos, get me to Chicago, (laughs) you know. I was negotiating my own stuff at that point. And so I got offered a job in Atlanta to do mornings or middays in Chicago because ironically, I called Eric Logan,
0: the Mm. twenty-one year
3: old program director I worked for in Seattle. And I said, Hey, I've got these two offers. And he goes, well, you're not going to believe it because I'm in Chicago, and I'm taking a job at that radio station, and I'll know tomorrow, and if I get it, you've got it. All right. Done deal. Chicago it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. The next day, I got a call. He He got got the job. He hired me to do middays.
1: Fabulous.
2: Unbelievable.
3: And he said, and the goal is I'll get you on mornings. That's
1: fabulous. I'm like, okay. That's US 99. That's
3: US 99. So I came back. We bought a mini farm in Batavia. And uh, I came back with um, a thoroughbred, three donkeys, pot-bellied pig, (laughs) five dogs, four cats, and a bird. And I go, Eric, there's some some moving expenses involved here. And he's like,
1: what? What
3: We got to move the horse. So that horse literally moved from San Diego to Minneapolis to Seattle to Houston. Oh, my Lord to Chicago with me. Wow. My horse, Frank. He had been everywhere. I never left him behind. Like 27
2: years old, did yeah, he? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Wow. He lived about, wow. about 27 or 28. See, and, and what kind of bird did you have? I had a gray cheek parakeet that I took from Jack Diamond because his kids were always abusing it. So I'm like, <laughs> that's it. I'm taking the bird out of the house.
1: <laughs> funny. So see, we got the bird in common, too. I had a blue front Amazon parrot that was with me from Memphis. Oh. Yeah, so I'm like, Okay. Who else has a bird that I know of? Lisa. So do you want to sort of counteract her eagle, eagle story with whose bird it was? My bird happened to belong to a guy that I had no clue who it was when I first met him. Uh, the story goes, I was there at the radio station in Memphis, my first big real job, if you will, doing overnights at a rock station. Mm. Now, I was top 40 all before that. Mm-hmm. Rock station, you know who the bands are, but I never knew all the individual people the morning guy has the standard morning show with this guy and I had to go let them in. I'm coming down the elevator and opening the door and there are three people standing there. The one I really didn't have a clue who he was. The other guy I found out later was a local musician who turned out to be a very good friend of mine. And the third guy I was all a gaga with. And it was Jim Barney. You know what I mean, Vern? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I didn't know who the other guy was, and the other guy is the one who was normal. That was Joe Walsh. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. Who turned out to be a very, very good friend of mine who helped me through a number of Situations. I had a stalker when I was in Memphis. So I actually lived with Joe for a while, but he had the bird. And when he moved back to L.A., he gave the bird to Lizzie. Oh, Lizzie, here he is. He's yours. So I, I love that. Parrot. So the, that is our Eagles connection. Yeah, exactly. It
2: is. And the bird exactly. went to Buffalo and went to yeah, Rockford.
1: Everywhere. <laughs> he went everywhere with me, too. Yeah, he passed a few years ago, just shy of 30. Oh, that's so <laughs> yeah. awesome. I
2: have no Eagle story. I'm just telling <laughs> you, I cannot do the triangle here. I have no Eagle story. I have real Eagle stories, yeah, like true. as in birds. But no, nothing with the band. That's hilarious.
3: Yeah. Oh, fun!
2: Who hired you at WZOK?
3: I'm trying to think about that. Was because it Tim Fox? No, I was there before Tim Fox came in. How about Dallas Cole? Yeah, no, it was after Dallas Cole.
1: Oh, so right in between there.
3: Who would that have been? Why can't Char- I remember that? Charlie Quinn. Uh, It could very well be Charlie Quinn. Charlie hired me. Because Charlie had the yellow Mercedes, remember?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have we heard stories on other storytellers' things? They made Charlie believe that they lit his car on fire. (laughs) And all they had was just something on fire through the window. So he's seeing it through the window, but he thinks it's the inside of the car. And he thought that somebody he had just let go was retaliating. And of course, it's just the engineers. You remember Ed George? Yes. Yeah. It was just him messing with them.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that.
2: So we've had the Charlie Quinn stories, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So
3: it was interesting because I think that I started out part-time there and then went to overnights. So Chuck was on from 10 to 2 and then I'd do the overnight show and he would run to Uncle Nick's and get us Euros at like oh. 2 every morning. <laughs> oh, yummy. <laughs> wow. and, and come back or he would hang out and then I did 10 to 2 and I kept begging for a daytime shift, and Vern was like, nope, women don't listen to women, nope, nope. And then he said, I'll put you on, I want to say between noon and 1 or something like that, because they're out to lunch, and I'll put you on at noon, and they're out to lunch, and when they come back, hopefully they won't turn the radio off because a woman's on, but that's really how he thought. Wow. And that book, I got a 100 in the Arbitron, and I still have a copy of that. Lisa. Well, I was young. It was my hometown. Yeah. And how many books really did people fill out? I mean, it can be. But yeah, so I got 100. Everybody who got a book put my name in it. And and then he put me on. Okay, you're on from 10 to 2. (laughs) So do you remember who followed you in the beginning? I remember Johnny Marks and Bob Leonard. So somehow I got full-time because of them. I think there was a squabble between them. There was a
2: squabble. Somebody put a
3: fist through the wall. Yes. And that's how I got my full-time job
2: there. Yeah, that's how Johnny ended up at Magic 98 in Madison. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Because yeah. of that squabble? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, it was ugly. and they, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. And I remember that's how that shift became available, and I got to do it. Wow. wow. Yeah.
2: What's a morning person that you remember the most at WZOK?
3: Well, for me, the person I love that I listened to and then became dear friends with is John Arthur.
2: Sharon,
0: are you sitting down? Yes, Sharon, you just won a brand new 1978 Plymouth Horizon. Proudly made in Belvedere. Sharon, you just won yourself a brand new car.
2: I can't believe it.
0: You sure did, Sharon.
2: Oh, wonderful.
3: Because
0: you're our number one at WROK.
3: I love John Arthur. In fact, I would go to all the ZOK events, Mm -hmm. and I met John in a lease, and I was obsessed with Elise as a young girl. And then there was another girl... That I went to work at a research company in Rockford, right across the bridge. We were like in a boiler room, and I was 16, and we would call and do audience research for commercials and stuff. Oh, my. And uh, there was a woman there by the name of Anne, and she ran it, and her husband had worked at ZOK and had just taken a job in Milwaukee or something. And I kept saying, I want, I want to work there. I, that's what I want to do. I want to be in radio. I want to work there. And I just would hound them. So she would introduced me to John Arthur and Elise and some of those people. And then when I got there, John and I became dear friends, John and Debbie and I, and, um, you know, spent. A lot of time at their house in Ohio after they took yeah. that job. Yes, and... with
2: Riley O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah. John and... was so talented. Oh. See, I remember him in his first tour at WROK when he did Afternoons.
3: Yeah, I don't know that.
2: That's, that goes way back. Wow. And then when, when I came back to WROK, I'm going, John Arthur, because you hear buzzings in the studios and stuff. I'm going, John Arthur, yeah, yeah, starts Monday morning. I'm going, is that the same John? And sure enough, yeah, same guy. And he just kicked butt and took names. Yeah. I remember awesome. when he did sort of a fake job audition, you know, where, you know, somebody's out doing a remote of some sort. And he says, Hey, I really want a job. Hey, I I, I have no problem getting up early and blah, 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 blah. You know, he's given all this stuff, you know, of course it's all set up. And he goes, I'm from around here. I can pronounce Pecatonica. I know where the rock river is. Nobody has to teach me anything. And of course you're hired. And of course he starts the next day. And of course it was all set up.
3: Oh, I love that. I love the promotion and the beautiful events that, combo of stations did. I mean, it's unmatched. What was your favorite? I love the Mother's Day concerts. I honestly wish somebody was still doing those. Those were at Page mm-hmm.
2: Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you get like Eddie Money and those people that bring.
3: I remember being on Eddie Money's bus. <laughs> really? <laughs> and they had to give him a shot in the butt of some vitamin because he was like lagging or hungover or something. I remember being young
2: and going, "What? What? 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 Are, what are they doing? You know?" <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did you, did you ever participate a lot in the in the raft race? Yes. Did you? Yes. But it was... got bigger after I left, you know. Because that was just insane. I yeah. mean, if you want to talk about all hands on deck, and think of the size of that event that that radio station conducted year after year after year. Of course, you have to give a lot of uh, thanks to people like uh, Jan Thorpe because mm-hmm. all that behind-the-scenes stuff. And it was so much fun. Then I think then on the waterfront, Sort of
1: jumped right. in. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you were there when the waterfront was going on on the waterfront. Just as a fan. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, I would come back and and go as a fan, but I wasn't working for the station. I don't think when that first launched. I do remember the beginnings, though. I mean, it was so small, and it yeah. was. It, oh. And I'm really sad it doesn't happen anymore, mm-hmm. and I wish it would. I think r- there's a
1: lot of people that wish it would, but it just takes a community, and there's not very many that want to pull it together again. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but it's boy, it was it was a classic because you had. Sly and the Family Stone and Cheap Trick and um, Bachman-Turner Overdrive. I mean, these were not little piddly people. You had piddly people at noon on Sunday. Right. But on, (laughs) you know, Friday and Saturday night, they were the big guns. And it was so much fun.
1: Lisa, you mentioned Vern didn't like women on radio. Tell me about Vern. I never had the chance to meet him. He had passed about five months prior to me being a member of ZOK.
3: Well, he's revered by so many people, not only in the industry, but certainly there at ROK and ZOK. And, you know, I was just fighting my way to the next big job. But I thought that was through the programming position. So I was always asking him if I could program ZOK. And I knew it was between myself and, um, and Steve. Uh, Because Steve, I think, was the music director. I don't don't know. Steve
1: Summers? Yeah. Ah.
3: I think maybe I was music director at that point, at some point, too. And maybe Steve was assistant PD. I don't remember. But so it all came to a head when I went in and I, you know, had my pitch and I went into Vern's office. Like, when could you go into somebody's office who owns the radio station, you know? But
2: we did all the time. Yeah. Yeah. If I had an idea for a promotion, lots of times I would circumvent the program director because we were just brainstorming. Mm-hmm. I'd circumvent the sales staff because I needed them eventually. But hey, what do you think of this? And he'd give me his opinion. Right. He goes, no, that's a bomb. Okay. Back, back <laughs> to the drawing board. Oh. And that's, And then you don't have all these little committees and all that other kind of stuff. You went right to the top. And that was fantastic being able to do that.
3: And I feel bad even sharing this story because I think for 20 years after, like people at ROK and ZOK really didn't talk to me like they were pretty upset because what happened next is I went in and I pitched myself for that programming position and he looked at me. Cigar in his mouth. that said, I'm not going to have any goddamn woman run this radio station. What? Okay. And I walked out. I walked past Jan's desk. I went back to the programming typewriter. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. I, I can still see it.
2: IBM Selectric. Yes. That are now boat anchors yes. in the Rock River.
3: And I typed up my resignation letter. And you I walked did not. Her- I did. I walked right back in and I said, well, then this goddamn woman is not going to work for you. And I handed him my letter and that was it. So Whoa. then- Chuck Diamond got wind of it, and he was doing mornings on TV, and he said, I'm going to cover this tomorrow morning. And then the Rockford Register star called that afternoon, and then they were at my door that afternoon. Lisa. So the next morning it broke. There I am with my Thompson Twins haircut, you know, (laughs) shaved on one side. It's all puffy on the other. And the headline said, women don't ride airwaves to the top. And it was this big in-depth story. And I thought I was going to throw up. I was like, oh, my God, this is my hometown. Oh, my God, this yeah. is not how I wanted it to be. And uh, and then Chuck Doyle went on on the local insert during whatever national morning show was on at that time. And he just spoke. Oh. And I think his job was threatened by the end of the day because oh. um, Chuck and I were dear friends. So Chuck wow. and John Arthur and I were dear friends. And so he took up for me. And as a result, put himself in a lot of hot water. That's when I went to Z104 to work weekends. Wow. Yeah.
2: I good have girl. never heard that story. I
3: hadn't either, but good girl. And it's so funny because uh, I got the job here at WGN because the Tribune wanted to do the same type of story. And I reached out to Mary Boyle because I wanted to include a story I had about her when she applied to be my producer.
2: But is it Mary the program director?
3: She is the vice president general manager here. Oh, Holy hello. Smokes. Yeah. Okay. And US 99 wouldn't let me hire her as a producer because they wanted someone younger and male. I was like, are you kidding me? We're turning down Mary? And that caused a big to-do there, which she didn't even know about. And so I ended up not getting an additional producer for six months because they just wanted me to be quiet about it and not cause a lot of trouble. So um, when the Trib called to do that story about a lot of the issues that women in Chicago had faced— I didn't have much of a story because when I came to Chicago, I already had power. Yeah. I came in working for someone I knew. I told them my family came first, and you know, that was the bottom line. Mm-hmm. So I never experienced the issues that I experienced everywhere else in my career. I told the people writing this article for the trip, I go, why don't you go back and look at 1987 – Rockford Register star, because oh. it's the same story, and yeah. things haven't changed that much for some people, but it is changing, yeah. and and I do adore Vern, and he was right not to, I didn't have a, I didn't know what the hell I was doing back then, but I knew I wanted that job. <laughs> but you yeah. know
1: now what you want. Yeah. yeah,
3: and I didn't like his answer, so I was like, well, I'm not going to work under those circumstances. That's one thing about me that's never changed. I'm very resolute in my beliefs, yes, and um, I'm pretty vocal about them. Oh, wow. I wouldn't
1: change that a bit either, Lisa. I'm, I'm pleased. That's awesome. A, that's a great that's, story, that's though. That's awesome. You I'm going to have are. to look that back. What year was that? 1987. I'm going to go look that back up again. Yeah, yeah. pull
2: that up on the microfilm. Yeah, microfish.
1: <laughs> micro is that yeah. what they call it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so fun.
2: So what's the uh, big, wide eye of working at WGN? Now that you've reached the pinnacle, and of course, you have the gift to gab. It does not matter what radio station you're at or what format. What is the wide eye that you just go, Oh my god, I need I need to pinch myself. I can't believe I'm it's here. when she
1: looks out the window and sees nothing but fog right yeah. now yeah. Darn it. instead of the beautiful view I yeah.
2: bet. They painted all the windows white, it white today. For us. Yeah. I so wanted
3: you to be able to see the view because it is so spectacular and there's mm-hmm. a good reason they put it behind us. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. we would just be lollygagging all day going, Oh, look at that. Look at how many people are on Navy Pier, how many people are in the riverwalk. Look oh. at the kayakers. Yeah. But for me, uh this is the radio station. that I became a student of. I mean, I've listened to this radio station. This has been my goal forever. And in fact, when Mm -hmm. I texted Mary and said, hey, I would like to share the story about you in the Tribune, she said, oh my God, that's a lifetime ago. Do whatever you want to do. They never used the story anyway. (laughs) But it put me in contact with her. And I told her then, I said, my goal, my whole career has been to work at WGN and I'm ready to seize that now. And that's what started the conversation. And within two weeks, I was working part-time here. I started Memorial Day. (sighs) And then by the end of the year, we knew that there would be an opportunity to to go full-time.
2: Host my show. I can remember when you started in part time because Sandy and I listen to WGN all the time. We love John Williams. So I mean, do I. He's got a smooth that pudding cannot compete with. He's just <laughs> so good. You know, I mean, I obviously go back to WGN to when I was seven years old with the Cub games and mm-hmm. Roy Leonard and Wally and all those guys. So of course that's a you know a very long time ago. But just recently, my wife and I, who we worked, we met at yes. the radio station. She comes home and she says, did you listen to WGN today? I said, yeah. What time? And she's pop quizzing me on all this stuff. (laughs) And I'm going, well, this is a little weird. And she says, I thought I heard Lisa Dent. Now, she also said that a couple of years ago with Pete McMurray. Oh, yeah. He was here. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because Pete was from Rockford. And, of course, she goes, I thought I heard him and I thought I heard her. I said, okay, we'll double check. And sure enough, so she heard you like the second time you were on the radio station, which I'm and, sure was awful. And then, well, yeah, but that, but we followed that whole process. That's oh. what's sort of cool. And then, of course, it was the tick down to January second or whatever it was. Yeah. And then uh, that's when the trigger was pulled, and yeah. we we told everybody, we told everybody like you were our Aunt Lisa.
3: You
0: know what I mean? How you know, <laughs> people love do that? that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've lived up to the hype. You oh. really have.
3: <laughs> I just love it. I adore John Williams. I don't think there's any anybody who is better in this format than he is nationwide Mm -hmm. there's just nobody as good as John Williams and then to think that I'm on the same station as Bob Surratt and John Landecker just kills me every day I walk in if I see Landecker, I'm always like I don't really know what to say. Hi, <laughs> oh. hi John.
1: <laughs> I, I would be that way too because I remember growing up I, li- I lived in Hannibal, Missouri, and of course, we could get the stations and John records Landecker yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. 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 well here I mean I fe- I felt like I was gonna wet my pants when <laughs> when I recognized Bob Surrat yeah and I so for a half a second, you know you go, oh, I don't want to bother him he's you know doing something but for half a second like this this is the only damn time I ever get to meet him. Right. And so I had to introduce myself and, you know.
1: But here's the thing, did you know what he looked like before because oh, I yes. have no idea what John Oh yeah. John yeah, yeah. cuz I'm that
2: like. I'm that big of a radio geek. Okay. If Landecker walked in, I would know exactly who he was.
1: Well, I wouldn't yeah. until he opened his mouth yeah. and then I would know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, so it really is it's just it's fun.
3: I I'm surrounded by amazing people. I mean, the people on the show. I mean, Steve Bertrand is someone yes. that I have listened to and loved on this radio station forever. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Powell Love that guy He's my sports guy Mary Vandeveld She's an iconic voice In this city Yeah And then um, I've got two of the best producers In the city I've got an engineering staff I've just never Had anything like this
1: Before Lisa You just need people Fanning you Because You've got everybody (laughs) Working for you right now Take your shoes off And let me rub your feet Or (laughs) fan you Feed your grapes I mean Everybody is doing Everything for her And it's fabulous And you are You're thriving You sound awesome Oh you, you sound Thank amazing. You. Yeah. Did you ever hear
2: uh, West Bleed on WGM? <gasps> Get this. I worked at the Bishop's Buffet.
3: and, what? and, and That was and, a
1: long time ago. That was a
3: long time oh. ago. And I worked behind the beverage counter with my best friend Kim, and my best friend Stacy was a tray remover person. <laughs> and so we all worked there because they closed at 8 o'clock. And every Sunday the whole Bleed family would come through. Oh, Sue and
2: all those guys, yeah.
3: After church. Yes. And I thought West Bleed was... Because I'm like, there is no one more handsome in the entire world than than him. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I was 16. I was just like, mm-hmm. and then somebody said, you know, he's on the radio. I'm like, <gasps> what?
2: Because that's what I'm going to do one day. Yeah. So you never worked with him at WROK? No. You didn't? Mm-mm. Wow.
3: So he was already here. Oh, my. And I would just see him at the Bishop's Buffet. <laughs> I would wow. go. Maybe he was working at ROK then. I don't know. I felt like he was already working at WGN or maybe I followed him, but I I knew who he was. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, he is like it when it comes to news.
0: It just
2: made him more attractive. He is he is the ultimate professional news person. Mm -hmm. And I think he was news director here for 19 years or something like that. I bet. And it was just wonderful, just like it is for us now when you're 90 miles away to hear somebody that, you know, it's a wider footprint of relating to people. Because when you're talking about being out on the farm, well, yeah, but you're in downtown Chicago. Yeah, but I live on a farm. Yeah, you relate to that many people. And look at the well, look at the past that WGN has had with uh, Max and Orion and those guys. So Mm -hmm. you you fit right in.
3: I really thought that would be my pitch to get in here. I thought you know if they retire or something, I could come in and do ag news or I I was thinking anything. (laughs) I loved. Steve and Johnny, who did the overnight show because Uh doing mornings at US 99 for 15, 16 years— I would listen to them every morning on the way in because they were the only live radio. And so yeah. I fell in love with them. And I thought, oh, maybe I could get the overnight show. Mm-hmm. I would love to do the overnight show. And it was so humbling because when I, I had a vacation scheduled before I took the job. And so in March, I went to Mexico and Steve and Johnny filled in. They did. Oh. And they did a wonderful oh, job. Oh,
2: I know. They did, And they're just as smooth as they were back in the day.
3: They're great. Oh, my. So, yeah, those things are all pinch-me moments. I'm like, I can't even believe this. You
2: know, one thing that I never got a hold of in the WGN, I guess, history was Kathy and Judy. I, and I felt bad that I missed on that because I know, you know, Dean Richards and all the rest of them. Yeah. But- there's some kind of a void with Kathy and Judy that just miss. And so people can pop quiz me about that. And I go, I have no clue. <laughs> well, I got to listen to them on the way home from doing mornings. And
3: that's where I listened to Steve Bertrand. Again, I mean, just to even be on this radio station in its 100th year mm-hmm. is amazing to me. And I thought, if I'm just here for a second, like if they come in and they go, yeah, you are awful and you have to go. I'm like, that's OK. At least I worked there for a minute.
1: <laughs> so, Lisa, this brings me back. Back, right, full circle. You're on WGN in their 100th year, and next year, well, 2023, mm-hmm. will be WROK's 100th year.
2: That's why we're doing this Storyteller Studio, because we talked about it, oh, I don't know, about eight or ten months ago, we still go out to lunch with uh, Fred Spear and Doug McDuff. Mm-hmm. And we laughed and laughed and laughed. I mean, they were just bouncing off of off of each other like you just cannot believe. And it was like a two-and-a-half-hour lunch. And
1: telling stories, one right after the other. Yeah. You know.
2: We're going, how stupid are we? We've got all the equipment and we're not recording this. Well, then, you know, we were on WLUV and then that got sold. And then we started the podcast and blah, blah, blah. And then we said, you know what? We need to get this going. And so uh, Sandy went upstairs and talked to her boss at the Edgebrook Shopping Center. Hey, have you got any space that's available? And eight days later, from the time he said yes... We hit record on the first guest and we brought in all the WROK and WZOK paraphernalia and memorabilia and stuff. I which love that. Lisa even brought in a WZOK silk banner. banner.
3: Yes, yes. That has it. It's so dirty too. Look at that.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah, from
3: back in the day. Look at that.
2: Wow. <laughs> 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 You know, it's sort of amazing that it survived.
3: I know, really, with all my moves, honestly. I mean, I, for for at least 20 years, I carried 5,000 albums with me. And then at some point, I was like, they've got to go. I cannot <laughs> lift these anymore. I am done. And uh, when I just moved from my house in St. Charles, because we're building a new house, I got a 20-yard dumpster, and I was like... I, I've got to let go. I've just oh, got to let go of this stuff. Do you and... know what
2: we do in the Storyteller Studio? We have lined the baseboard. This is how geeky we are. We have lined the baseboard with albums. And we have a turntable. And every time we go in, we grab an album and we put it on. And we have programs of Casey Kasem's American Top 40, Rick Dees in the Countdown.
1: And we'll grab some of those from the 1970s. I love it. It's so, Lisa, hilarious. What's your favorite album? I mean, I know you've thrown out a whole bunch, but you listened to many more. But what's your favorite album? Well,
3: I have not missed a Springsteen show since 1980. Wow. Whenever that wow. tour has come through anywhere, I've flown to Paris to see him. I mean, like Springsteen's my person, but I wasn't introduced to him until 1980, and I remember we were the first station to add Salt and Peppa. Back Uh. in the day with Push It, (laughs) which was really pushing the boundaries on ZOK because nobody had any that was like, what is that? (laughs) But one of my favorites back in the day were the babies. And then when I worked at uh, ZOK, John Waite had become a solo artist. And I remember just seeing him at in DeKalb and seeing him places. I remember some iconic Loverboy shows oh, yeah. hosting those. And um,
2: I told my son when he was maybe a sophomore in high school, I said, I'm going to take you to your first rock concert. And he looks at me going, oh, God, oh, God, no, this can't be good because it's dad's music. It can't be good. And I said, trust me. I said, I'll put a couple of their songs on a CD from all these bands Mom will play it for you in the CD player on the way to school. You will recognize the songs. Trust me, you'll recognize the songs. It was 38 Special and Sticks mm-hmm. and REO Speedwagon. <laughs> and it was like 38 Special started. It was like their second song in. wasn't even one of their popular songs. And he grabs me by the arm he goes, these guys are great. And I'm going, oh, God, you have no clue what's ahead of you tonight. But it's all relative. Yes, uh-huh. and-
3: Dix was it for us. Because I oh, remember yeah. in high school, those girls I mentioned earlier, so Stacy. Tammy and Kim and I recreated the back cover of the Styx album, and we went to whoever that famous photographer was on 7th Street and got professional photos done, and we laughed to this day about that. We loved Styx. Styx was it, and I always thought, I'm going to meet him, I'm going to meet him, and never did, and then I think it was at US 99 or something or one of these stations where I bumped into Dennis DeYoung. And <laughs> at a country
2: station, you're meeting Sticks members.
3: Well, you know what? All these stations in Chicago, this is odd because this is 197 TV stations and one radio station. But if you were working for CBS, which was then, you know, it was Infinity. It was It's Odyssey now. Um, there's like seven stations there. Same mm-hmm. when I worked at iHeart. I went to work at iHeart. Uh, which was big, the country competitor that took on US 99. There were seven stations there, so you you'd always see a plethora of people coming through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, hell no, that's Dennis Young. I'm <laughs> jumping out there right now to go say hello. <laughs>
1: Oh, fun. If you had an
2: opportunity with your ROK and ZOK people, doesn't matter whether they've passed on or they're just out of the radio industry at all, if you had a chance to be on the radio with them again, who would that be? Who'd you have so much fun with?
3: I would take John Arthur, okay, John Strandon, oh yeah, <laughs> and Marianne X.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. And Marianne Axe was, was in the continuity department She wasn't even on the air
3: But she's just such a lovely person And a big personality And I always loved her wow. And I love John and Always have I've always loved his delivery And here's something very weird My father died six months before Liam was born So it's coming up uh, It was 21 years this year wow. His headstone at Arlington Bumps up to Bill Phillips' headstone What? So every time I visit my dad, I see Bill Phillips. Mm. And I always want to put another Cubs hat on or something. And so I have a conversation with Bill Phillips all the time. It's just crazy.
1: Isn't it? Hey, Bill. Hi, Daddy.
3: And I bought my stones, my spots at Arlington along with my parents when I was 22. So I actually will be buried someday next to Bill Phillips
2: as well. And just to classify, this is not Arlington, Washington, D.C. No. This is Arlington in Rockford, Illinois.
3: Charles Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow.
2: <laughs> now, couldn't you imagine? Now, we have, what, five or six chairs sitting around here. Couldn't you imagine Marianne Axe, John Strand, oh and John Arthur? Couldn't you imagine that? And then you just sitting at the helm and just dictating the the conversation. Wouldn't that be cool?
3: I loved it. I remember pulling carts for John when I was working overnight. So I'd pull all the carts and get everything set up. And then, you know, when I was doing middays, I get to see Strandon
2: and John. And um, I just, I adore those two people. I really do. Liz and I have talked about this. You could spend longer time at other radio stations, but you have this, I don't know, there's this glue with this ROK and ZOK group. And I think it came from the top. I think, you know, they had the wine sucks and all the other parties and stuff like that that kept everybody together because... I mean, honestly, if you did tend to midnight, you may not ever see the morning people and right. there would be no connection whatsoever, but they made sure that everybody was connected one way or the other.
3: And I think a lot of that goes to Jan Thorpe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she Good was time. the ringleader, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Well, this has been really fun. I have learned a ton.
3: I know, you. but I, I uh... feel like all I've done is talk about me. <laughs> but
1: that's what that's there for, Lisa. We want to know about you. We want to know about your experience. We want to know how it shaped you and obviously, it has shaped you a lot. It did. I mean, that's
3: the foundation. You can't build a house without a foundation. Exactly. Right. And my foundation came from the, that radio
2: station. Thank you for having us in here. This is so cool. And it's so funny that everybody has to apologize for the fog. No, we like the buttons and the microphones and yeah. the. we love the studio.
3: Everybody, let me just tell you, everybody has come up to these two and said, oh, we're so sorry because <laughs> we're always so proud of the view. That's mm-hmm. why it's called the Skyline Studio. And yeah, it doesn't exist today. No, no. We're, we're just
1: in the clouds. We're yeah. up in heaven. Yeah, it's
2: just white. That's
1: yeah. it. Well, actually we are in heaven. We are in being, heaven. <laughs> yeah, this
2: has been pretty cool. Well, so. thank you, Lisa. I really appreciate this. You know, you never know. When you come into Rockford, because you're a Rockford native, Yeah. stop by and see all the junk we have, because we've got a bunch of it.
3: I absolutely will, and I love that you're at Edgebrook Center, just like really a stone's throw if you got a really Mm -hmm. good throw Mm -hmm. from the radio ranch, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. you're still in the same
2: neighborhood. (laughs) It is. It's worked out really good, and we're going to have music on the mall coming up, so that's a whole different thing that's right at our doorstep, right where the Storyteller Studio is. Oh,
3: that's awesome. It's, It's
2: really worked out really well. It's one of those taps on the shoulders, and when you answer the tap, everything just sort of falls in and that's exactly what's happened.
3: I sit here and I think that I'm surprised I have this job because you two are much better suited for it. <laughs> you really uh, are. Well, you, thank you. You're talented and you thank both you. should be on WGN.
1: So who's hiring? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll take you down to our
3: office. You know
1: what?
2: I, th- I think we ought to take Ernie in with us because Ernie could be our representative. He's one of the production oh, guys I just here. I love him. Oh, he's funny. He's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man.
3: Yeah. It's just such a great team. It really is. I've never worked with a better group of people. you know, I've worked with wonderful people at each station, but this, it's the whole group that is just stunning. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Let me also tell you too, when you step back into it, now you have consistently been in the radio business. We have not.
1: Well, I have in a fingertip kind of way because after I left the radio station being on air, I have a studio at home and was doing voice work and audio books and that type thing. I was on... Voice tracking, but not live in the studio again. Mm -hmm. So after we.
2: Yeah. And I do the same voice tracking for a radio station out in Phoenix, Arizona. But as far as live radio. It was
1: fun to do it again at WLUV. Yes. Yes.
2: And when the station was sold to uh, WVCY in um, uh, Milwaukee, a Christian ministry network, Liz literally looked to me and she goes, now what are we going to do? I said, what do you mean? She goes, we have to fill this void that's going to happen. We have to fill this void with something. I said, well, you have a really good point. She goes, well, what about a podcast? Bingo. So we jumped on the phone with Shotgun Mark Rivers. Oh, my gosh. Yes. He worked with Don Geronimo and Mel Young and all those guys in the late 70s. And he worked with you, didn't
3: he? Did he work with you? I don't remember him. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Because
2: we we came like 81 and 82. Okay. The only reason I know him is because of the high school radio station he helped me start at Auburn. I tried to start one at East. Yeah. And listen to him. So we jumped on the horn with him. His name is Mike Lamb. And he goes, absolutely, I can do the website and the platforms. And literally two and a half months later, mm-hmm. we launched. We launched January 1 when you came here at WGN.
3: Oh, my gosh.
2: So it's so weird that all that has happened and we have
3: not looked back. And, you know, back to that friend Stacy who worked at Bishop's, yep. who's on the, you know, the cover of the Sticks album that we recreated, <laughs> uh, who is still my dear friend today. I had dinner with her last night. We were in high school, like, 14 or 15, and her mom was dating Man Mountain Walker. Oh, <laughs> what? Wow. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I, we come back, I'm like, that's Man Mountain Walker. Yeah, oh I, know. I don't, I don't know who he is, but my mom's dating him. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're even more cool than I thought.
0: And you know
2: when you have those boxes of cassettes oh and those God. boxes of reel-to-reels, and you have that in the back of your mind going, these are going to deteriorate, and they're going to be gone forever. Mm-hmm. And so you get that paranoia feeling and you figure out a way to digitize them. I've done that, that was my pandemic project. I find so many and God only knows why I kept them. I just don't understand why I kept them. But air checks with Man Mountain Walker and those guys from the 70s and Bill Phillips and I had a full newscast of Ken DeCoster. It's a beautiful
0: morning. 97 WZOK. Man, Mount Walker, feeling good today on a Friday at 6.13, 13 after 6. I jogged to work today. Uh, you believe that? Oh, well, I had a jogging ride. How's that? My car was riding a little rough this morning. Good morning, 59 degrees, and the Tin Man song, Here's America. Good morning, welcome to Friday, the third day of April on this date in history. Back in 79, just two short flicks of a calendar. Uh, Chicago elected its first woman mayor, Democrat Jane Byrne. Yeah, two years ago, Today. She received 82% of the vote, and now she's living in a ghetto. Good day, sunshine. 97 FM, WZOK. I thought I'd play a song about one of my favorite pastimes. I mean, it won't be long now till we're loving, touching,
2: and squeezing There's this journey at WZOK. 97 FM, WZOK. We're sitting here watching time slip by. The wheels go round and round. John Lennon
0: now from Double Fantasy watching the wheels at WZOK. I- About your good-looking Wednesday afternoon hump day, yeah. It's Rolling Stones at WCOK 97 WCOK M J 433. Is that Josie or Hosey? And a lot of people wondered if that's really Josie or Hosey. I don't know. I've been screwed up since who lied? It creeps. It crawls. It absorbs people. It is love. It is alive. <gasps> it's got me. Gary Wright and MJ now playing in the radio near you from WZOK. 97 WZOK.
2: Need practice getting beyond first base? Well, then the Kenrock Community Center can help you. They're now taking registration for boys' and girls' softball teams and for men's and women's
0: slow-pitch league teams. For more information, give me a call here at WZOK. 97 WZOK, Mike Dupre was my lucky seventh caller at 229 He picks up a copy of Face Dances from The Who. Your chance to win coming up with Mr. Ed after 10 on
2: WZOK. 97 WZOK would like to do on
0: payday. Come on down here and take
2: the money and run. Steve Miller Band. 97 WZOK been getting a lot of calls tonight from people wondering if anyone spotted the Phantom Lady of Kennedy Hill Road. Hear about that? It's on the front page of the Rockford Register Star a few days ago. Seems out byron, there's supposed to be some ghost lady walking down the Kennedy Hill Road at night in just her underwear. They've seen her in sub freezing temperatures. Actually, I've solved the mystery. It's not a ghost at all. It's our all night gal, Diane Tracy.
3: 97 WZ, OK, Rockford's Best Music with Linda Ronstadt from the Simple Dreams
2: album. It's so easy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I,
2: di- I didn't have a whole lot of ZOK stuff, but we're not done yet. I have real to real stuff oh, from really? the ZOK
3: days. Well, I can't tell you what kind of condition it's in. So when I did this big move this last time, I threw out about 90% of my stuff because I probably had... 4,000, 5,000 cassettes, because that's how yeah, we yeah. recorded exactly. our shows. That's how we did exactly. it. Um, so they all went out, but I just saved a, a segment, just grabbed a segment from every radio station, every era that I've worked in, and I know my ZOK stuff is on real to real. Well, oh, we're I, can, have to
2: get I can digitize them, them for, you. for okay. you. You know, I had this one cassette that was not labeled. It's not like it was labeled, and then the label fell off. There was nothing on this cassette. So I popped it in. It was custom liners that Casey Kasem did for WROK. Oh, wow. I mean, like 20 or 30 of them. And the theme music and the whole nine yards. So I flipped it over. Wolfman Jack, custom liners for WROK.
3: Yeah, the amount of money that was invested back then to make those the two best radio stations. Oh, yeah. It was unlimited. Vern just wanted to do that, and he did it. And Mm -hmm. for that, he will always be, honestly, like the godfather of radio. Mm -hmm. I mean, for God's sakes, he invented the cart machine, machine. right? (laughs) And the tone, the
1: tone button thing,
3: yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I ran into one guy at the uh, Vegas show. I don't know if it was the NAB. I'm not really sure what it was. And I'm just sort of roaming through. It was way after I was out of the industry. I talked myself into the convention center. And I'm talking to this guy and brought up ROK and ZOK and said, yeah, yeah, I worked for you know, Vern Nolte. And he goes, Vern Nolte? You, you mean the cart machine guy? And I said, God. <laughs> and he goes, whoa. I have no idea who he is or how he was connected, but he knew the name. Yeah. And if you're in the industry, you know the name. It, it, it was so cool. So.
3: I love that you're documenting history. I really do. I applaud you for that because it's it's not been done very often and I think it's it really is woven into the fabric of Rockford. Those two
2: radio stations are Rockford. And we're doing it in the way that we know how. We're sitting down in front of microphones.
1: Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. And so with that we're going to wrap up this episode, if you will, with <laughs> Lisa Dent, who you can hear on WGN. Yes! It's <laughs> Storyteller Studios.
2: And we'll see you next time. Thanks Lisa. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Storytellers Studio in celebration of WROK Radio's 100th year in broadcasting.